0: If you take your Bibles, and let's turn to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. I want us to think this morning about the precious nature of human life. The precious nature of human life. You know, today is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. And um, but I chose to have Amy... Here, uh, instead of uh, getting someone from First Coast Women's Services, we do support them as well. And they've been an integral part of seeing um, some lives changed there. That uh, All of it has to do with human life and, and the precious nature of it. Um, let's take a look at Psalms 139. Uh, begin reading verse number 13. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Today it's been fifty years since the horrible Roe v. Wade decision that was handed down by the Supreme Court of the United States. That paved the the way in our country for the legal destruction of literally millions of innocent unborn lives in the womb by way of the government-sanctioned abortion. Now, we do rejoice in the Supreme Court decision this past year that reversed Wade, but don't be fooled into thinking that the battle is over and that abortions are now illegal because that's not the case. That's not the case at all. All that last year's Supreme Court decision did was throw the decision regarding legalization of abortion back to the states. That's good, but there continues to be damage done to our country, and abortion continues. And can I be just quite frank with you? I, I believe that the legalization of abortion in our country and the subsequent government sanctioning and even complicity in the killing of unborn lives Innocent unborn lives. Since the time, uh, that time in our history, it's one of the main things that plunged our society into, into the lawlessness that we see. Great lawlessness in our nation. When people deny the law of God regarding innocent lives in the womb, they reap a corresponding mindset that is callous toward life in general. And we see an increasing increasing uh, callousness about life. During the span of these past 50 years, an estimated, and this is just mind-blowing, 64.5 million babies have had their lives terminated in the womb in our country alone. By the way, there are over 1.68 1.68 billion that have been terminated worldwide since 1980. Uh, got those numbers from numberofabortions.com. Now, some want to talk about babies in the womb as if they're just a clump of cells, but these are babies with souls since the moment of conception. And they may be treated as non-persons and referred to as fetuses, but God calls them a child. He calls them a child. Ecclesiastes 11:5. 5, And thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child. Even so, thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. Jeremiah 1:5. The Lord told Jeremiah, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee, a prophet unto the nations. He knew Jeremiah in the womb. Babies in the womb begin developing physically at conception. Early in their development, they have beating hearts, digesting stomachs, open eyes, and hearing ears. By the way, they respond to painful stimuli as well. If a doctor determines that a person is completely dead by the absence of brain waves, shouldn't the presence of brain waves prove life? If someone, and this is just a paradox to me, it's just an oxymoron actually, that somebody in intentionally or unintentionally kills a baby in the womb in, in the commission of a felony. Okay. If if a a baby in the womb dies while you're committing a a felony, they're charged with murder, while an abortion doctor is not. I want you to just think on that a little bit. The Bible says that the Lord hates the shedding of innocent blood. Hates is a strong word, but that's how the Lord looks at it. In fact, hands that shed innocent blood are an abomination according to Proverbs chapter number sixteen, uh, Proverbs chapter number six, verse seventeen. Excuse me, Proverbs six seventeen. Now, think, think back to the, uh, when Cain shed the very first innocent blood of his brother Abel. The Lord told Cain in Genesis four ten that the voice of Abel's blood cried out to him from the ground. Think about that. Abel's blood cried out to the Lord from the ground. Think of the voices of 64.5 million babies murdered in the womb over the last 50 years whose innocent blood is crying out to the Lord. Is there any wonder why our nation is in the shape that it's in? I know uh, that the news forecast, the new, news uh, people, and the uh, uh, politicians want to say that. Uh, the woes of our nation are being caused by climate change. That's real convenient, isn't it? But what it is, it's the Lord. I believe it's the Lord that, that is, has his hand against our country because of uh, things such as this, so 64.5 million babies allowed to be murdered and, and them championing, even still, after the reversal of the Roe versus Wade There are those who uh, want a woman to have the right to murder her baby. The victims of abortions, no doubt, are the most innocent victims ever to be killed. I mean, the baby in the womb is defenseless. Defenseless. The pro-abortion crowd yells and screams about freedom of choice. They say, it's my body. Uh, But what about the baby's body? And what about the baby's choice? Now I want you to understand. If, you, if we're going to look at this from a scientific matter, to say that the baby in the mother's womb is her body is a lie. It's a separate body. Has a separate heartbeat. Even has a separate uh, blood. The blood of the of the woman never comes into contact with the blood of the child. The placenta just allows nutrients to go through, but they're two. Two different blood types there. Time and time again across our country, multitudes of babies are being unjustly subjected to capital punishment without a choice. Their crime is having the audacity to be conceived in their mother's womb, which is not their fault. These innocents have no trial before they are executed, and let's just call it what it is. They have no attorney to speak for them. They are not even granted the basic rights of a prisoner of war. and They are treated in some of the most inhumane ways imaginable. They're not allowed anesthetics, but rather they are subjected to a torturous death, being injected with toxic substances that burn them, and they are ripped apart by forceps, uh, sometimes having their skull pierced while they're in the birth canal. You say, well, why are you getting so graphic? Because of how terrible it is. Terrible it is. Violence on our part is not the solution, by the way. But neither is apathy and silence. We must be a voice for these voiceless victims. I believe it was Francis Schaefer who warned in the, in the 70s that abortion was the beginning of a slippery slope of denigration of human life that would eventually lead to euthanasia and such things as physician-assisted suicides. And it looks like he was right on all counts of that. One of the main reasons that violence has become so increasingly prevalent in our country could very well be because of what has happened and continues to happen in our country since Roe v. Wade. Our country is reaping what it has sown. In God's eyes, life is sacred, okay? I'll give you enough on abortion. We're going to talk about life. In God's eyes, life is sacred and precious. He gives life, and only he has the right to to say when it ends. So I want us to think about the precious nature of life this morning. First of all, human life is precious because God made it. God made life. He made human life. Human life was created by God. We know in Genesis 1.27 it says, So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And in the New Testament, Paul said in Colossians 1.16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Human life was created by God. Human life is valued by God. It's valued by God. Isaiah 49 verse 16 says, Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Talking about the body. (laughs) You know, you were contained in a body, aren't we? Uh, Jeremiah one five. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. We shared that verse. In fact, human life is valued so much by God that Praise the Lord. He sent His only begotten Son in the world so that we could be saved. John three sixteen For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And Jesus not only came that we might have life, but He says in John ten ten 10, I have come that they might have life and might have it more abundantly. See, so human life... Is precious because God made it. Secondly, human life is precious no matter what its condition is precious. We all know that life can be a challenge in this sin-cursed world. This world is no longer the paradise that God originally created. It would be wonderful if it was, but unfortunately sin came into our world and with it came pain, imperfection, injustice, and death. God warned us of these challenges and enables those of us who trust Him to be victorious through Him in spite of those things. 1 Peter 5 and verse number 7 says, Casting all your care upon Him for He careth for you. James 1 verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. John sixteen thirty three. Jesus told his disciples, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So we do have help. The Lord helps us in these things. We must not overlook those who have challenges in this life, though. When Jesus walked the earth, he showed special concern for the lame or the blind, the deaf, the dumb, the woman with the issue of blood, the lepers, many others, Amen. folks that had problems with life, the Lord cared for them. In our day, we mustn't forget either. Some studies report that as many as 90%, 90% of couples faced with an amniocentesis report uh, of a probable Down's syndrome child would choose to abort that child. And that's a big number, 90%. But could I tell you that every Downs Syndrome child is still precious to the Lord? Amen. And almost anyone with a Downs child will tell you that those special children are the light of their life. They just are an absolute joy and some of the most loving persons you could ever know. I mean, we've had the joy of, of knowing Brittany Harvey. Uh, her uncle used to come here, did his funeral years ago. But uh, Brittany, just a special person. Brittany's, well, she, I think she's turned 40 this year. I think it was, and it's unreal. Uh, but she's, uh, she works. She lives on her own now. Uh, but uh, just a precious uh, child and uh, precious person. We must not overlook those who have challenges in this life. Our, our Lord places great value on those whom society likes to shuffle aside. While on his knees, the leper in Mark chapter number 1 begged Jesus to make him clean. And the Bible says these words in Mark 1, 41, Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and said unto him, I will be thou clean. Amen. Uh, our Lord can gain great glory, though. Understand, He can gain great glory from those who have been born with great challenges. And uh, let me give you an example of this. Look at uh, John chapter 9. In John chapter 9, we see that the Lord Jesus passed by a, a, a blind man, who, a man who was blind from his birth. And we can gain great insight from these three verses, the first three verses of John 9, Look at verse number one. says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Talk about challenges. That's a challenge, isn't it? And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And that was the, 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 the thought and a lot of folks have, have that thought even today. If there's something wrong with someone, that, uh, well, it's because of maybe personal sin from someone. But, but, but notice what Jesus said in verse 3. Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents. It wasn't, what, what, it wasn't something that was come upon this uh, young man because of his sin or the sin of his parents. But notice the last phrase here. But that the works of God should be made manifest in Him. You know what Jesus did? Jesus healed him. Jesus got glory out of his life. Our Lord can gain great glory from those who have been born with great challenges. It's not not man's responsibility to say whose life is worthy and whose life is unworthy. That's God's. Amen? Amen? Those with great challenges can become vessels displaying God's grace. They just can So human life is precious because God made it. And human life is precious no matter what its condition. And then thirdly, human life is precious because of its its eternal nature. Man's made an eternal soul. Amen? To God... Our life existed before we were born. The verses that we read there in Psalm 139. Let me call your attention again to to verse 15 and 16. It says, My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect. In other words, they weren't fully formed. And in thy book all my members were written which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. And, and when you understand how the baby grows in the womb, it's just an amazing thing. It really is. It's of God. But to God, our life existed before we were born. And God has provided a way for life improvement. Amen? Uh, and that's through the gospel. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God wants to improve the quality of life. No matter the challenges that this life may bring, the Lord can bring both abundant life and eternal life into our life. In that abundant life, God gives His grace for living in this life. No matter what challenges come its way, Can I tell you that we all are going to face some challenges in this life? In that eternal life, there will come a time when we leave this world and all of its challenges behind. Praise God. Aren't you looking forward to that? Being free of a body that uh, has got some problems. All of us have some issues that are going on in our personal life. Uh, But we know that one day the Lord is going to fashion this old body into one just like His own. Amen. What a blessing that will be. Now the question is do you have Christ's abundant and eternal life as a part of your life? That's important. How sad it is to come into life and face the face the challenges that are here and then to die in your sin and spend an eternity in a Christless hell. 1 John 5 verse 11 through 13 says, This is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. It's in Jesus. Amen? He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It's that simple. If you got Jesus in your life, you got life. If you don't have Jesus... You don't have life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So, as we think about the precious nature of human life, what do we do about the injustice of abortion against the innocent? Which is just really just one uh, way in which uh, folks... Abuse the life that God has given. Listen, I, I don't know what's on your heart and what's on your mind this morning. You never know what's in folks' thoughts. Maybe somebody here on the verge of despair this morning under the sound of my voice. And you, maybe you've had some thoughts about taking your own life. Could I tell you that's not, that's not wise? God gave your life and He's got a plan for your life and He's got something great that he can do with your life, don't react by taking your own life, trying to take it into your hands. What do we do about abortion? Well, first thing, don't react in violence. It's never right for us to do wrong. When I see that somebody's bombed an abortion clinic, I say, you know, that's not the way. That is not it. That's not what God's called us to do. But we do need to be informed We can't bury our heads in the sand ignoring that the the issue doesn't make it go away. We need to teach sexual morality in the home. We need to teach our kids a higher standard than the world's standard of being safe. Amen? Why not just be godly? We need to have more compassion for the unwed mother. You know, God loves them. And yes, we still preach against premarital sex, but once the mistake is made, she needs the love of Jesus through us and help and encouragement from right here within these walls. And that's what we do when we support First Coast Women's Services. We try to help those that have gotten themselves in a a wrong way. Have compassion for the unwed mother. Speak out clearly against abortion. And speak out without apology. I don't. I don't apologize this morning for speaking out against it. Isaiah fifty-eight one says, "Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression." And listen, we we've been silent too long. We just really have, and. We need to refuse to be swayed by the high-sounding arguments of liberal politicians and so-called experts in the scientific field who have no moral base to speak from. Their their worldview is totally different from our worldview. We have a godly worldview and we know that, that life is precious and God has a reason why things happen. But they are totally clueless. These that argue for... Uh, abortion rights. Pray for God to have mercy on America and to give us space to repent and to bring national revival. We need to pray and support those like First Coast Women's Services that work to encourage young women to give birth to their child. And I want to leave you with this this morning. We need to have compassion for those who have had an abortion, man. Yeah. You know God can forgive even the sin of abortion. Abortion is the killing of an unborn child, but God forgives. God has compassion, just like any sin. God will forgive. And I don't know if we have somebody in here this morning, and that you got one in your past. Could I tell you? Uh, you can receive cleansing of that and forgiveness and you can move forward in your life with and the love of God and, and knowing that God still has a plan for your life even the, uh, even if you did make a big mistake like that. If you don't know Jesus this morning, we invite you to come to know Him. We're going to have a hymn of invitation and fiction to pray and we're going to We're going to sing a a couple of stanzas of of a hymn of invitation. I'll be standing out in front here. And if I can be of help to you, uh, help you to come to know Jesus this morning, that's what we're here for. We're here, here to try to help you. Understand that your life is precious to the Lord. And He doesn't want just your physical life. He wants you to have His eternal life. He wants you to have life more abundantly. Come to Jesus today. Amen. Let's pray. Father,